Hesedim is a series of reflection, usually reflecting on an issue in the society in the light of the words of scripture. You're welcome to join us each time and to send your questions or comments by way of a voice note. Look forward to hearing you and speaking with you. The numbing and heart-wrenching violence that is part of our daily lives in Jamaica is beginning to tell a story about the deeper realities in Jamaica. Three not necessarily related incidents this past week come to my mind. The first is the gang rape and buggery of the 13-year-old girl in St. Anne by five men, all of whom are now in custody. And the second is the buggery of a five-year-old boy by a man in St. Anne who has also been arrested. And the third is the finding and disemboiling of a shark that had attacked and caused the death of a fisherman in Westmoreland. I find a striking parallel between the attack that uh, the, I find a striking parallel between the buggery and rape of the toddler and the adolescent in Jamaica and a story told in the Old Testament book of judges about a priest and his concubine. The story is of the man taking his woman to meet his parents and on his way back, after spending a few days with his family, he was overnighting in the Benjaminite town of Gibeah. While they were there with an old man who had offered them lodging, some men of the town of Gibeah were demanding to bugger the priests. But instead, they were given the woman, the concubine, and they raped and abused her until morning. When morning came, and when they arose, the body of the woman lay at the doorsteps. The priest, who was her boyfriend, took the corpse and carried it with him on his donkey back to his hometown in Bethlehem. And there he dismembered the corpse into 12 pieces and threw each piece in one of the tribal regions of Israel in protest against her rape and murder. The thing that outraged the nation at the time was not just the crime, but also the refusal of the Benjaminites from Gibeah to hand over the culprits that had committed the rape and murder of the woman. It took a civil war to bring the men of Benjamin to book. The Book of Judges is an important retrospective document on the nation of Israel. It was written during the period when Israel had collapsed as a nation and its people were exiled in Babylon. It is seeking to answer the question, what went wrong? 
Why did a nation that began with such promise end up in such a mire and nadir and in such utter collapse? The story of the priest and his concubine and the men of Gibeah is told as a kind of flashpoint indicating the depth of depravity that had overtaken the nation and therefore signaling what had gone wrong with the nation that had precipitated its downward spiral. To the mind of the historian, a nation's pathway is plotted by the stories like the dismembered, like that of the dismembered concubine. It is not its prosperity train or its building programs or even the spice, fine speeches made that tell the story of a nation and a people. It is what at the level of the community, the people are prepared to do to each other, especially the weak and vulnerable, and their ill-preparedness to hold each other accountable and to hold themselves accountable for such actions and atrocity. That is, this, that is what tells the story of a people. It is what such incidents tell us about the state of the moral sensibilities and sensitivities, the degree of moral restraint with which people are operating that tell the story of a people. It is fundamentally whether in the face of such atrocities a nation can pivot and as we say can wheel and come again and hold itself accountable to make this point to make this a point of departure a watershed and to say to yourself no mass never again will we walk this road it is to ask itself a question as to whether or not it is capable of outrage that goes beyond mere tweets or memes or even angry protests on the street but demand a change of approach and policy if not necessarily laws to hold itself accountable to a higher standard the judge's account is advancing a fundamental approach which it regards as essential to the survival and viability of a nation state and that will guard against its descent into anarchy and chaos of interpersonal violence. The first is the fundamental importance of moral leadership. The Book of Judges is making a case that leadership is important, but moral leadership is of fundamental importance. Leadership that makes moral decision-making its mantra and its cause that holds itself accountable to moral standards and moral behavior and sees itself as the servant of the people's interests and the national good. It is not hostage to tribal interests or vested interests, and it is not a prisoner to the impulse to violence and the unethical use of power. It is to, that, to the extent that 
popular decision making is itself committed to making moral choices and moral decision that gives the nation a fighting chance. It therefore means that conversations in the public square must revolve around issues of right and wrong and the protection of the vulnerable. We are utterly lost as a people if we can only think in terms of what we can get away with or make our assessments in quantitative terms only. We have to think about other things, other things than money or a belly full. We have to aspire to achieve the moral ideal of goodness more than goods. This must be a part of our national conversation. We have to build a popular consensus and a social solidarity and a social contract around ideas about bringing each other along, including the weak and the frail. And we have to develop an imagination where the strong helps and protects the weak rather than praise upon them and beat upon them. We have to hold ourselves accountable for this. We have to restrain, we have to refrain from the rugged individualism and valorizing of power and wealth at all costs to the neglect of building institutions of care. The Book of Judges raised the horrible story of the rape and murder of the concubine as a low point in the nation, a point of horror and regret from which a nation must lift itself and to which it must never return. The idea is that money and power are the only things, the idea that, the, that money and power are the only things that matter cannot help us when the nation finds itself in such places of horror and sadness. We have to be able to appeal to our better angels and point to ideals to which we have lost sight. When we hear of what happened in St. Anne, we must ask, how did we come to this? And how shall we lift ourselves above it? The Book of Judges also raises another demand as a, way, as a way forward. It is that of building of institutions of accountability and justice as the safeguards of the nation. As the story unfolds in the Book of Judges, when they, demands, when they demanded that Benjamin might hand over the men of Gibeah that had committed these heinous crimes, the Benjaminites circled the wagon and closed ranks. They would not hand over one of their own tribesmen to face justice. Israel enraged, engaged in a civil war with the Benjaminites to exact compliance. Now, Benjamin is a nickname for left-handed. They had a disproportionate number of left-handed swordsmen who had an advantage in hand-to-hand -hand combat. In fact, the Book of Judges begins with the tale of the left-handed swordsman Ehud and 
the use made of the element of surprise in hand-to-hand -hand combat. Needless to say, the war with Benjamin proved very costly. Multiplied thousands of persons were killed. For a while, there was a stalemate they had to increase their use of violence and eventually win the surrender of Benjamin, but only after thousands of soldiers on both sides had been killed. The point is that vigilantism is an expensive and wasteful approach. We default to the view that if we take matters in our own hands, we can enforce compliance and make people pay. This is what fascinates me about the incidents with the shark in Westmoreland. The fisherman, the fisherman goes spearfishing and encounters a hammerhead shark who bites off his hand. The fisherman is rescued by other fisherfolk and taken to hospital where he dies ostensibly from shock. Other fishermen go in search of the shark and then find the shark and cuts it open and finds a man fist in the stomach of the shark. Pictures of the disemboweled shark are put on the front page of newspapers and video images are circulated on social media as proof of the triumph and courage. It struck me of the many acts of violence and horror committed in that space of Westmoreland and elsewhere for which we do not have either the signs of courage or success. The matter of preventing the nation from its continued descent into depravity and mayhem is not a hot-blooded project. It calls for dispassion and institution building. We have to be deliberate. We have to cogitate. We have to reinvigorate and we have to invest time and effort and courage and care into building institutions that can still act when we are sleeping. The police tells, tell us that they have all the perpetrators of dissent and atrocities in custody. We hope so. We hope that they have the right ones and we hope that there will be due process that will deliberately and dispassionately hold them accountable for their part in this horrific crime according to the full extent of the law. We need to improve our capacity for the long arm of the law to reach culprits rather than what we do now, which is merely jump on weak fences and create scapegoats. To the extent that there is efficiency and effectiveness in the exercise of justice and the rule of law, to that extent, we can slow the drift to depravity and the death of the nation. What strikes me about the allegations of the buggery of the 13-year-old girl is the remarkable similarity between the behavior of the men and a pack of wild animals. I ask myself how could it happen that our men folk can act without a scintilla of goodness and compassion and how can this lack of goodness be countered it strikes me that there are three things that we can do the first is that we have to take a long view 
by the example we set. Example is better than precept. It strikes me that there are too few good exa examples of good behavior available to our youth at the community level. So our, our approach is to increase our own decision to ensure that in all matters we set a good example. Let us model good behavior. The second is that we have to find the time and ways to engage with the community by volunteering. I do not mean find time to give away more things, but there is a want of activism and care in the community. We can't just be episodical and from time to time about this, but we will have to develop consistency and reliability. The third thing that strikes me is the demand for advocacy and protest for what is right and against what is wrong. One of the most compelling opportunities that is being publicized and advertised is the opportunity to gamble. There is a lot of everywhere. Everywhere you go in this society, the love of money is being promoted. And the love of money is the root of all evil. You cannot win your troubles away. We have to, we have got to call for greater balance. Morning, noon, and nighttime, we are being inundated by lotteries. It is time to break the tyranny of mammon over us and teach goodness and stewardship. I can think of no habit more destructive of character building than gambling. We cannot teach our children and young people to gamble and expect not to reap the whirlwind. Let us make the sadness of St. Anne a watershed and a turning point in our society. Let us say never again. Let us invest in moral leadership. Let us invest in institutional building and let us save ourselves from this depravity. Amen.